0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective. This is the Theology Central Podcast. Making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Friday, February the 25th, 2022. It is currently 1 50 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church, located right here in Ovalo, Texas. Now, what I am about to say... Is far more important than maybe you even realize. It is something that I have been saying, it feels like a good portion of my Christian life. And over the last few years, I've become even more exercised and passionate about this. But I want you to hear me carefully, all right? There is a serious threat to biblical Christianity that continues to spread, and the threat is not, listen, the threat is not outside the church. The threat is inside the church. The threat is sitting in the pew right next to you, and maybe you realize it. I know a lot of people will disagree with me. I know a lot of people will tell me, no, the greatest threat to the church is liberals. The greatest threat to the church is Democrats. The greatest threat to the church is critical race theory. People constantly tell me what the greatest threat to the church is. And I'm constantly... I push back, and I think that that a lot of times people don't really see the threat for what it is. But let me tell you, here is the threat. There is a, The threat to the church, the threat, threat to biblical Christianity is that there has been a war declared on two very important concepts, reality and truth. Reality and truth. Now, I know you're going to say, well, reality and truth, they're, they're kind of they're linked together. I do, I do agree that they're linked together, but listen to me. In the 1990s, when I was going to Bible college and seminary and Bible college and seminary, there was lots of discussion at that time about the danger of relativism that relativism was running rampant and relativism basically attacked the idea that there was absolute truth. And so that truth is whatever, you know, whatever anyone wanted it to be, right? Truth is you have your truth. I have my truth. And it's like, okay, let's, let's just get along, right? You have your truth. You have my truth. It was almost like a relativism was being put forth in popular culture at the time as a way that we could all get along as a way that we could all be unified, right? You have your truth, I have my truth, and really it it doesn't really matter, right? So that's kind of the way it it began to really be discussed a lot in the 1990s. And and there was a a major concern that a relativism destroys biblical Christianity because it it makes, it basically declares there's no absolute truth. Anyone can have their own truth. And of course, when anyone says that truth is not absolute, then you say, is that absolutely true? Okay, okay, yeah, and so Christians came up with their little ways of, of arguing against it, but it was kind of just seen almost as a nuisance, right? You're trying to witness to someone and say, well, that's your truth, I have my truth. And you're like, oh, no, there can only be one truth. But it was, it was almost seen as a way for everyone to get along. But that slowly started changing. And now, yes, relativism is still a dominant philosophy. But now there's been a subtle change. And that change is not not only is relativism somehow still operating, but it's almost evolved and turned into now an attack upon reality. So this is the way it worked. We we started with kind of a relativistic philosophy. Now there is this, I don't even know what you call it other than an attack on reality. And here's how it works. Now someone's reality... It's to become, well, everyone's reality. It's not like, hey, I can have my reality, you can have your reality. No, this relativistic mindset that you can kind of determine what truth is. It's kind of evolved into now, no, I can have my truth and my truth is reality and you must go along with my reality. And if you don't go along with my reality, we will silence you, we will cancel you, and we will remove you. It's kind of this weird, like we go from a relativistic philosophy to now everyone determines their own reality, but it's not just so that we can get along. Now that person's reality becomes everyone else's reality. And if you try to push back on their reality, then there's fighting and there's division and you will be silenced. Now, always remember, this is so important, whatever the philosophy, whatever the the way of thinking that is infiltrating and influencing the culture, that always walks through the front door of every single church. And I will argue that we have people sitting in churches today who in their own way, they are attacking the the very concept of reality and truth. They have rejected reality and truth and they have bought in to all kinds of crazy ideas, misinformation, conspiracy theories, and every other crazy idea. And if you try to even try to talk to them, then they immediately will get mad, will say that you're blinded by Satan, that you're probably not saved because they've they've gone down the rabbit hole and there's no way to bring them back. And I've been warning and warning and warning that this conspiratorial way of thinking, this craziness has been infiltrating the church. And I can go way back to way back in the days when I did a, a podcast before podcasting was even a term. And I kept warning people and kept pointing out hey, Christians are believing this and Christians are believing this. These things are crazy. These are conspiracy theories. And and I and I was always baffled and shocked by how many emails I would receive from professing Christians. Like losing their minds because they were defending, well, their version of reality. And they didn't want to hear anything else. Well, this continues to be a problem. And one of the things that I warned everyone about from the very beginning was this thing called QAnon. I kept telling you, this QAnon conspiracy theory. It's not only is it going to spread, it's going to infiltrate the church. It's going to infiltrate the church and we've got to do something about it. And a lot of people were like, well, and a lot of people got finally caught on. Then there was a little bit of concern and then people were like, well, QAnon is dead. But let me tell you, QAnon is not dead. QAnon is actually growing and we're going to talk about this. And we're going to talk about a lot of these issues. And I'm going to point you to a resource that I at least want you to check out. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you two. Very important scriptures. And then we're going to look what I think is the basis of a Christian worldview. I'm going to lay a foundation before we, we turn our attention to QAnon, right? Some of you see the title and you see, oh, he's going to talk about QAnon today. And you're like, boom, okay. But but so before we get there, the issue is there's an attack upon truth and reality. There is an attack. Think of it this way. This always, this always drives me crazy. Within the church, here's what will happen. The church will look out and see, let's call them progressives, liberals, quote-unquote woke, critical race theory. They will see those things, and they will yell and scream and say, that's going to destroy Christianity. That's going to destroy the church. We've got to fight it. We've got to fight it. And I've said so many times that the progressive, woke, that kind of world, wherever it shows itself in Christianity— that's not the thing destroying Christianity because the Christianity that embraces those types of things is typically already so philologically bankrupt and apostate that those things are not doing any damage to Christianity because their Christianity is already broken. They've already abandoned historical biblical Christianity. But yet, many on the conservative side, we've got to fight that. We've got to f- fight that. But here's what I keep trying to explain to those in the conservative churches. You're so worried about the liberal progressive woke crowd that you don't even realize what is happening within the conservative churches, which is a political hijacking where you are fighting the supposed liberal perspective by embracing a secular conservative Republican perspective, you're merging it with your Christianity, and you're getting this weird mutated hybrid that's no longer biblical Christianity, but it's this Americanized conservative ideology that's not Christian. But whenever you, you get pushback, and you're like, oh, you're woke, you're liberal. No, 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 no. It's nothing. No, I'm trying to tell you that on one side, the woke liberal thing, yes, that's a danger, But the churches that embraced that had already abandoned historical biblical Christianity. So on the conservative side, we can pat ourselves on the back and say, we're not woke, we're not liberal, we're not progressive, but have we been hijacked and sold our soul to a political ideology? And guess what comes along with some of that conservative political ideology? A lot of conspiratorial thinking. And once you begin to embrace conspiratorial thinking, you begin to be on... The wrong side because you embrace a war on reality and truth. Reality and truth is being attacked and you can't see it because well no 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 you're on the wrong side you're not. and and if you try to even argue back go i think your information is is wrong there i think that's fraudulent no no i've got good information and 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 if you try to point out any information, you can't believe that you can't believe that and they're down in this rabbit hole and you're like no come on you got to get out of that pit you 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 you're being hijacked you're being hijacked Remember, this is not about liberal or conservative. It's about biblical Christianity. It's not about liberal or conservative. It's not about woke versus conservative. It's not about Republican versus Democrat. It's about truth and reality. So some very important scriptures. Let's go to the first one. Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four. This is a very basic one, very basic one, but Ephesians chapter four. I really wanna get this point across Uh, This afternoon, Ephesians chapter four, Ephesians chapter four, just stay with me because this is going to, I think it's going to be very interesting and very important. Ephesians chapter four, verse 25, wherefore put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Well, the world seems to be in dark and in chaos and in confusion, and they wouldn't know truth if truth drove up next to them, as the world is trying to figure out what to do, sadly, they can't look to the church. They can't look to the church because the church has been hijacked with conspiratorial insanity, Christians posting absolute lies and misinformation on social media, saying things that absolutely is fraudulent, And when you call them out, they act like you're the wrong one. And that many pastors have been afraid to call out the conspiratorial thinking in the church. But the conspiratorial thinking in the church is an attack upon truth and reality. And wherever truth and reality is attacked, biblical Christianity crumbles because biblical Christianity is built on truth and reality. You can't have biblical Christianity where people are abandoning truth and reality. You cannot have biblical Christianity where the people have declared war on truth and reality. It's just insane. I, I've told the story. I'll tell it again. This is just how crazy. I've, I've seen this sh- so many times in the church that it's embarrassing. But when I first moved back to Texas, all right, after being in Nebraska for 10 years, I moved back to Texas. We're trying to find a church. We're like, please, there's gotta be a church somewhere. But we had no idea how bad the situation was. We went to church after church. I could tell you stories of the things we found, everything from open theism to my kids coming out of Sunday school class, telling, telling me that they watched the karate kid. I'm like, what in the world is going on? Okay, so just crazy, 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 crazy. So it's a Sunday night. We go to a church. The sermon wasn't pretty; wasn't that bad. And we're like, okay. Then at the end of the sermon, the pastor's like, okay, everyone, we have a very serious situation to discuss. There's an atheist who's attempting to get all Christian television pulled from the airwaves. They're working, legislation is working now to have all Christian programming banned in the United States of America, and we've got to fight. We've got to stand against it. So we're right up here at the altar, there is going to be a petition. Let's sign it. We're going to send this to the federal government because we're going to stop this. This is outrageous. This, Our rights are being attacked and i'm sitting there going oh this cannot be happening this cannot be happening inside a church a place that's supposed to be about truth a, a, a place that's supposed to be about honesty and, and and i'm just i'm just sitting there and i'm like this is insane because the whole thing was a fraud and that wasn't the, the atheist that supposedly was doing this was dead so she couldn't be doing what she was being accused of doing so the federal government had even already released statements saying there this is not happening stop it but you couldn't convince these christians because they had abandoned truth and abandoned reality you couldn't even convince the pastor because there was a grand conspiracy that was going to end christian broadcasting and it was all a lie it was all a hoax Now, once the church begins to abandon truth and reality, why would I listen to anything they have to say about Jesus when the world looks to the church and go, those people are whack. They've lost their minds. They're crazy. They're not going to listen to you preach about God when you can't be trusted to get basic facts right about whatever you're posting on social media. That's why I don't understand why Christians continue to go down this. They use social media to post Crazy ideas and conspiracies. It just tells the world that you can't be trusted with truth and reality. We've got to put away lying. We have to put away lying. If you post anything that is not accurate. That is a sin. You should repent and apologize. Think twice before you post something. Verify, 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 verify. If you don't know, don't say anything. And it's not even, a, it's It's like, well, I can just do whatever I want on my social media. Well, you can. And look, I've, I've been there as well. I've done plenty of things when I was on social media that hurt the name of Christ. So I'm not seeing this in some judgmental way. I've made my own mistakes but we have to live up and own our mistakes and say, what can we do to move forward in a better way? Put away lying. This used to be a basic concept within Christianity. Do not lie. Do not bear false witness. If you post something about the president, vice president, a congressman, senator, and it's not accurate and it's not true, you bore false witness. That is a sin. That should not be taking place in the church. But Christians have lost touch with truth and reality. Now, whatever crazy theory they hear, they they put forth. I remember, and had to keep trying to argue and, and push back, when Christians were running around saying the Sandy Hook mass shooting was a conspiracy and it was crisis actors, and there were Christian pastors posting sermons about that kind of nonsense. I remember back, way back, this was even on Sermon Audio. There was a guy on Sermon Audio telling everyone, don't get the flu vaccine because it contains a microchip that's connected to the mark of the beast. And if you do this, you're taking the mark of the beast and you're basically lost. That was on Sermon Audio for crying out loud. This stuff has entered the church so much and I don't know why the church can't. We should be the one place that like it can't come in here because we care about truth. We care about reality it's incompatible we do not bear false witness we don't put forth information that's inaccurate because we love our neighbor we would never do this but we don't even see i mean i we could go all day on this stop the lying. but there's another there's there's another very important thing second timothy chapter two this is so important this is such a key element to this discussion second timothy chapter two I could sit here and just tell stories after stories after stories of the things I've heard and the things I've seen. I could, I could literally spend all day just talking about things. But 2 Timothy, this is so important. Chapter two, verse 14. 2 Timothy, chapter two, verse 14. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Now, as Christians, we don't want to be running around basically engaging, as this says, uh, 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 to striving about words to no profit, where there's a lot of Christians running around arguing and fighting over the latest conspiracy theory and their words to no profit. Let me read this in a number of translations. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God about quarreling about words. It is of no value, and it only ruins who listens. New Living Translation, remind everyone about these things and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Such arguments are useless and they can ruin those who hear them. Now, I, I understand there's a broader historical context going on here, but at least for an application sake, let me at least try to make help you make sense of this. There are Christians running around with all kinds of this conspiracy theory and this conspiracy theory and this and this. And they argue 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 and argue. And and that's all they want to do on social media is argue, 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 argue. And all it does is, as this says, it ruins those who hear. It ruins those who listen. Doesn't help anyone. Let me just state it this way. So many Christians who get caught up in this conspiratorial these conspiratorial ideas, QAnon, whatever, whatever the new one that they're you know currently on, and what they think that this is just what blows my mind. So here's a global conspiracy, like it's QAnon, it's dim, you know a ring, a cabal of satanic pedophiles who're trying to destroy whatever the new thing that they're on, and they and they they get all worked up on, worked up, and so they go on social media, and I'm always curious. So a couple of tweets. A couple of posts on Facebook, and you're going to bring down the evil cabal of satanic pedophiles who are trying to destroy the world? Like you're going to stop everything from while you're sitting on your couch eating a bag of Doritos, drinking a Dr Pepper, you know, typing on your phone a couple of posts? Like what? W- what are you hoping to accomplish there? Like, and, and even even from that, just think of all the fights Christians even get on and from a political standpoint. So you're going to fix the politics by a couple of tweets and a couple of posts on Facebook or doing a TikTok video or whatever you're doing? You're going to change everything? Let me tell you that whatever the problem is in the world, whatever your the grand scheme conspiracy that you think is going to bring down the entire country, the only hope is... Is Jesus Christ and the gospel. The only hope is presenting the gospel. Listen, teaching people. That's the great commission. Go and teach. That's the first, that first teaching is evangelism. Baptize, bring them into the church, and then disciple them. You should be worrying about evangelizing, discipling, not arguing over words of no profit that only ruins everyone who listens. What are you fighting about on social media? What are you fighting about with your family? What crazy theory? What are you doing? Let's continue. So instead of doing all of that, verse fifteen from the King James. I know other translations state it differently, but I use the King James. So I'm going I'm just gonna read from this. First, uh, 2 Second Timothy two fifteen. Study to show that self-approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now you can run around all day and look at every crazy theory, every video, and you can read, 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 read. You can try to have all of your political arguments. You can win all of your political debates. You can argue, 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 argue. But what are you doing with God's word? More Christians are more ready to argue about the latest crazy nonsense than they are re- ready to have meaningful discussions About God's word. And one of the things I've tried to do to combat all of that is that's one of the reasons that led us to start the Bible study exercise uh, episodes that we do. One passage of scripture, an entire week of study. We have curriculum that it's free for anyone to access. We have the Bible memory app so you can memorize scripture. And then I, I give you homework and assignments so that you're engaged in actual Bible study. Study to show yourself approved. That's not studying the greatest, you know, the, the latest conspiracy theory. That's not maybe spending all day listening to Glenn Beck, you know, Mark Levin, whoever you're listening, Tucker Carlson at night, Fox News 24-7. Maybe, maybe you turn all of that off and you spend time reading and studying God's word. But some of, the, some of these just go deeper and deeper and deeper into this craziness. But it doesn't stop there. Verse 16, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Shun these profane, vain babblings. I'm going to read this from a a number of translations. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Avoid worthless, foolish talk. ESV, but avoid irreverent babble. But avoid irreverent, empty chatter. It's vain babblings that many Christians get themselves caught up in. Vain babblings. And they run around and run around and the this and that and that. Oh, the election was stolen. No, COVID. It's an. It's all a hoax. And they go down. and and even if even if you believe that all of your things are absolutely right, what are you doing about it? Like posting some things on social media, fighting and arguing with people. The solution is the, what the world needs is the gospel. What, they, what the world needs is Christians who can point them to truth and reality, not to more confusion and misinformation. Everyone talks about fake news. Now, Now, sadly, that term simply means if I disagree with the news, it's fake. Because the only news that's real is the news I agree with. So we've all that, that whole term has been so hijacked that it no longer means anything. We've got to stop this. And then it goes on. So shun profane and vain babblings. And listen, and listen, this is very important. Verse 17, and their words will eat as doth, doth a canker of whom is hymenius and Philetus. Don't let your words eat as a canker. The, the way that other translations have this is their teachings will spread like gangrene. This kind of talk spreads like cancer. it spreads like a disease like some it's an infection that will spread and this kind of craziness has spread so through the body of Christ that sometimes I don't know see is that or what's what's happened okay he's like, well, Christians are just about as crazy as the people in the world. And we seem to be, we, we post false information and we buy into false information just like the people in the world. There's no difference. Well, if there's no difference, the world has no place to turn to find truth and stability. We should be the people going, no, 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 Listen, 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 calm down. That's wrong. That's false information. That's not true. Just stop. It's, it's just kind of funny. Maybe it was symbolic, but my, my whole, my entry into Christianity. I mean, it's really kind of symbolic. Maybe, maybe you'll find it interesting. Maybe you think it's stupid, but this is literally how my arrival into Christianity started. I'm at school. I'm in high school. There's someone in my high school who claims to be a Satanist. There's this group of Christian teenage girls Talking to the evil Satanist. And he's just saying all kinds of just nonsense. Like he's playing them. Like he's being a troll. He's just giving them all kinds of just messed up information. False, 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 false. And I step in and I'm like, well, that's not, I'm like, come on, I'm gonna calm down everyone. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Because I've told the story. In fact, I still have it right here. That's my old, 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 old copy of the Satanic Bible that I used to carry around when I was in high school, which basically remember Satanism is not the worship of Satan the way we think of Satan. Satan simply is a symbol because Satanism is basically an atheistic philosophy where you worship yourself, right? So I had to step in and try to correct it. So I was correcting false information I was trying to correct, that's not accurate. Okay, well, that's accurate. Okay, that's not, a, that, no, that's not accurate. I was correcting it. So I get ready to walk away, and then the teenage girls come up to me going, Hey, thank you. You want to come to our church tonight? And I'm like, Get out of my face. I have nothing, I don't have no, want anything to do with you crazy people. Leave me alone. But they tell me that there's like a revival service going on at the First Baptist Church, Tuscola, Texas, at like 7 p.m., and I'm like, Yeah, I'm not going. So I go home. Well, for those who know, my home life was not good. So it's boom, 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 chaos, chaos, chaos. I leave. I get in my car. Where do I end up? In front of that church. I walk into that church. Boom. You know, God saves me. Okay, I won't go through everything. I mean, it was a crazy evening. God saved me. But it started with me trying to fight against false information. And then once I become a Christian, I've continued that. I, I I don't I I've, I mean so many times I've heard pastors say things I'm like that what? Where did you get that information? That's not true. That's not accurate. That's not true. That's not accurate. That's not true. It's like and it just seems to have gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. Well, it's gotten worse and worse and worse because society has determined now that they can determine whatever is real. Reality doesn't mean anything to the people in the world today. They determine what is real. And not only do they determine it, I've got to live in their reality. And if I don't go with their reality, then I'm mean and horrible human being. Well, that way of thinking has now infiltrated the church. And now that we just determine what is real, we determine what is true. Biblical Christianity will crumble in that kind of mindset. It cannot stand. Let me explain it this way. In fact, I sent this out. If you use the Church One app, I sent this out in a notification as a challenge, I said, challenge, use three things to make a list of the key elements of a biblical worldview. And I gave three things that are very foundational in the history of the church. That is the apostles creed, the 10 commandments and the Lord's prayer. These three things kind of almost been seen as like a golden chain that like everyone needed to know. And these things were perfect because they were easy to memorize. Anyone can memorize their creed. Anyone can memorize the Ten Commandments. Anyone can memorize the Lord's Prayer. So the, they, the, the, argue, the idea was these three things serve as the you know, a, a great foundation to do catechesis, right? Because everyone can memorize these things. They didn't have, not everyone had a Bible. They could memorize these things. And from these three things, you could formulate the basic elements of a Christian worldview, so I sent out a challenge in the notice. That's one of the reasons you should have the Church One app and follow us is I sent this out. Now, nobody responded, but I was waiting to see how people would structure it. Like, okay, based off these three things, these would be the key elements of a, of a, of a Christian worldview. Let me just explain. I got right over here next to me, the Apostles' Creed, right? The Apostles' Creed begins with this very important statement. Everyone should know this. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and Earth. I believe in God the Father, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Now, the foundational principle of a Christian worldview is the existence of a God. There is a God who created everything. All right? I We, everyone sees, everyone understands that that's the key element of a Christian worldview. There is a God. Now, what does that mean? If there is a God? Well, think, I want you to understand that God, reality is connected to God because God is the creator of everything. So if I want to understand truth, if I want to understand reality, I look to God. So as Christians, we have a a foundation for our understanding of reality. It starts with God. God is the creator. I look to God for truth. I look to God for morality. I look to God to understand myself and the world around me. God really becomes the source of said reality. So as Christians, when we declare a war on reality or truth, because we get caught up in conspiratorial thinking, we start posting false information. We're really declaring a war on God because God is truth. Satan is the father of lies. So this conspiratorial thinking and this posting false information on the internet is really, you're literally denying the very foundation of a Christian worldview. Now, I say all of that, all right? We need a Christian worldview. We need to remember these scriptures that we've just read. I, I could go, go back through them and because we still have a major threat that is going on. Let me read to you this news article that I received, I think late last night is when I got the notification. This was late last night. Um, yeah, 12.15 a.m. is when I got the notification. 12.15 a.m. I was keeping up with all the situation going on between Russia and and, and Ukraine. And all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, What is this? And here was the headline. QAnon isn't dead. It's growing. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm like, please don't tell me that. I don't want to hear that. That's the last thing I want to hear. Because Now listen, I want to make this very clear. People in the world, people who are not Christians, they buy into QAnon. I feel bad for them. I hate it but my battle with them isn't QAnon. What I need those people to do is hear the gospel, believe in Christ, become saved, and then say truth is important, and then, then start trying to disciple them, and hopefully through salvation and, and sanctification, they will move away from QAnon. I'm not going to battle a lost person about QAnon because it's a words of no value. They need salvation is what they need. All right. But someone who professes to be saved and buys into this nonsense. That's where it becomes heartbreaking. So let's let's get some information, all right? QAnon isn't dead, it's growing. Some people hope that Trump's 2020 loss, loss, and the disappearance of Q would dissolve QAnon. A new survey shows the opposite has happened. In November, 2020, Donald Trump lost the presidential election. In December 2020, the anonymous poster known as Q stopped posting updates, or what is known as Q drops. In January 2021, in the wake of the Capitol riots, social networks purged their platforms of accounts and groups associated with QAnon. Many saw these developments as the final nails in the coffin of a conspiracy movement that had briefly consumed millions of Americans who now believe that a group of Satan-worshipping elites from Hollywood and the Democratic Party was operating a child sex trafficking ring in order to harvest children's blood. But with Trump's loss, Q, Q, with Trump's loss, Q going silent and access to Twitter and Facebook removed, the reasoning went, the QAnon fever was sure to break. But the reports of QAnon's death have been greatly exaggerated. In fact, the number of Americans who say they believe in some or all of the core conspiracy theories pushed by the QAnon movement is now greater than it was a year ago. What? No, 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 no. That can't be. How is that even possible? Now I knew when I started warning people about QAnon that it that 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 it was bad that it was bad and again I knew that it was going to make a straight line right into evangelical evangelical Christianity it was going to be Christians who bought into the nonsense and I don't understand what makes Christians so vulnerable for misinformation lies and, and and half truths. Why is it Christians that... Christians should be the most... No, 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 no. We care about truth. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to post that because I'm not going to bear false witness. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to make sure my information is double tri- checked, triple checked. I'm going to make sure that I'm the most accurate person because I care about truth. And I want the world... when they say, man, I don't know what to believe. I'll go find a Christian because they care about truth and accuracy. But that's not the case. People are like, oh, I want truth. Get away from Christians. Uh, turn, find the first church of Satan. I guarantee I'll get more uh, logical information from a Satanist than I will a Christian. That's about how bad it's become. And now here it is. Now, when I read that more people buy into it, again, I'm not worried about those who are not saved. Worried about how many of those people are attending your church? How many of those people are attending my church? How many pastors, if they're listening, how many people in your congregation are posting this nonsense on social media? Now, this is according to a new survey from the Public Religion Research Institute. Please note, this is someone studying what's going on in religion with the public. Is it now that that already now that's making me really nervous, right? Because uh oh, does that mean they're finding this in the church? That's the that's it can't be. Uh, now, uh, this group shared its findings. With the, with, the, with the news agency before the survey was published Thursday morning. So they, they gave out their information before it was published. The survey found that 16% of Americans believe in the core tenets of the QAnon conspiracy theory up from 14% a year ago. QAnon believers are deeply distrustful of government and other institutions. The survey f- found and, they, and believe deeply that there's a pervasive threat to their culture and way of life. While white Republicans are more likely to be QAnon believers... And then white Republicans tend to be evangelical Christians. Y- y- you see how this is all now? No, 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 no. The survey found that the movement has become hugely diverse. All right, that's interesting. Uh, the QAnon adherents all over the United States at all levels of education and from numerous religions. Okay, see what what, what I wanted to hear is that all of, that, that people come from all over the United States at different levels of education and none of them are religious. Okay, that's what I, because religions tell us to not bear false witness. Religion would tell us not to lie. All right. Okay, I'm getting some uh, disturbing information about what's going on in uh, Ukraine today. Okay, we'll just proceed here. Okay, Um, yeah, see that's, all right. Um, Let's see here. But the researchers found that far and away, the single biggest predictor of belief in QAnon conspiracies is a preference for watching right-wing news outlets, including Newsmax and oh, Christians' favorite news outlet in the whole world, Fox News. Yeah, of course, because you know that's that's where Christians go to get truth. All right, um, I know I'm going to offend some people with that, but I, I'm I get tired of this. While other surveys have found belief in QAnon to be much lower than the uh, this uh, research has indicated, Jackson said that this can be explained by how questions were presented. Um, and then they go on, and I'm not going to go through everything that they have here. They break down all of their statistics, and they break this down, and how they ask this question, and they, I mean, it go, it goes, it's a lengthy article. If you want to find it, it's called QAnon Isn't Dead, It's Growing, because I don't want to spend, we're already at 40 minutes, I don't want to spend all of my time getting into the details and the weeds of how they did the survey. Whether you believe the survey or question the survey, the point is, any information that seems to indicate that QAnon is growing, that QAnon is even still surviving, should be of great concern for anyone who is, a, who is a Christian and wants biblical Christianity to thrive. Biblical Christianity can't thrive when Christians are being hijacked, not only politically, but conspiratorially. That, they're, they're, that their agenda now is a political agen- agenda, fighting a conspiracy theory instead of Christians who are committed to, I don't know, biblical Christianity, rightly dividing the word of God, understanding the need for the gospel. And make sure you understand you're not fixing anything with a post on Facebook. It's some weird. I remember this way back in the early days, the early days of, of Facebook. I don't even remember how long Facebook had been around. And there was some big issue going on with some evil, horrible person, I think in Africa, right? Horrible, horrible person. And so they started this like little campaign that people on social media were posting. They would, they would post something about this evil person is in Africa. This evil person is in Africa. And finally, I think it was someone in the news who go. So what do you think you like, what are you guys accomplishing? you put putting something on your tie on your timeline about an evil person in Africa. What did you do? Did you magically did that person go, Oh, oh they posted something on me on, 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 on Facebook. I'm going to stop killing people in Africa. It, it was, a, it was a useless campaign that did nothing. But it made everyone feel like, oh, I did something good on Facebook today. You did nothing. Absolutely nothing. You accomplished zero. You didn't change the world. You're not a hero. You didn't fix anything. And then I think, if I remember how the story went, come to find out the whole thing was fraudulent in the first place. So there were all these people posting things that was, ended up being fraudulent in the first place. And they all bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. Well, guess what? Christians shouldn't be buying anything like that. They'd be like, well, wait a minute. Is this even accurate? Is this even true? How do I know this? Why am I? And even if it is true, um, I'm all am I going to do? What am I accomplishing here? Am I going to simply engage? I'm going to post this. Someone's going to argue against it. And we're going to go back and forth, back and forth. And then we're just going to be vain babblings, words that only are going to ruin those who listen. I fell into the trap Early on, when I was way back early on in Facebook, I had a, a, there was a, a friend I was on, fa- on Facebook with who was a pastor. And I, I finally caught on, but I was stupid at the beginning. He would post, I, it just seemed like every day, he would post something and then on his timeline, it would just be, it would be World War III. It'd be World War IV. It'd be fighting, fighting, arguing, debating, fighting, fighting, arguing, arguing, debating, fighting, fighting, arguing, debating. And I didn't really catch on what was going on at the time. I just kind of bought into it. I just kind of fell for it. I'll never forget. He made some claim about radio and about music. And immediately I'm like, this is just, this is not, this is not accurate. This is not true. So I tried to argue and say, that's not accurate. And he's like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. You, you live in the middle of nowhere, Texas. You have no clue. And I'm like, What? You're going to attack me where I live, saying I can't know something because of where I live. So I went, looked up all the information. It was a claim about certain genres of music and radio stations. And I went and found all of the research, printed it. I literally printed it all out. It was like probably 500 pages of information. And I was like, I've printed out all of it. Everything you said is wrong. Everything you said about this radio station or that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. And basically... After doing all of that, it didn't It didn't lead to anything. He didn't back down. He kept arguing with me. So I was literally arguing to vain babblings, words of no effect, and all it did was ruin anybody watching us argue. It was stupid. It was sinful. It was dumb. And it was one of the many stupid things I did when I was on social media that all I can do is regret and repent of every stupid thing that I did. But it just realized that we're not... We're just arguing with words. We have to figure out truth. Now, I'm going to end with this. Late last night, about, I think it was around 2 a.m. or so it'd be early this morning, All right? So the other one, when I said late last night, actually it was 12 something when I got the news notification. I think it was around 2 a.m. And I was listening to BBC World News. I was listening to the the BBC uh, radio station because they were doing around the clock coverage of what's going on in Ukraine. And they started the hour, About a new podcast that has come, that has been produced by BBC. And it's called The Coming Storm. And I'm like, oh, okay, that storm language. I know what that is. I know what that is, All right? And I'm like, so what what is this about? Well, I I grabbed their trailer and I'm going to play the trailer. And I would challenge you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast, all right? Here is the trailer. I think you'll see why I'm ending with this. Here we go. Hello,
1: I'm Gabriel Gatehouse, and I've got a story to tell you. It's called The Coming Storm, a new podcast series from BBC Radio 4 and World Service. On January the 6th, 2021, a mob stormed the Capitol in Washington, D.C. All right, ladies and gentlemen... Among the crowd, I'm many saying. believed a cabal of satanic paedophiles had stolen the election. It's only a matter of time. Justice is coming. And that a coming storm would free the republic from their grip. A strange fantasy had infected the bloodstream of America. Millions believed this narrative. How did that happen? That's what I set out to discover.
0: Now, a strange fantasy had infected millions of people. How did that happen? Now, that's someone from the outside, you know, going, what in the world is going on with Americans? What I feel like sometimes I'm on the outside. What in the world is going on with Christians? How do they buy into this? I'm going to play a little bit more. I don't remember everything in the trailer. All of a sudden I started worrying about, I do not believe that it has any obscenity. So uh, we will proceed a little bit with caution. It's only the trailer. So um, we'll we'll, we'll proceed. Now, remember anytime you start playing audio uh, from the Capitol riots. Yeah. It, 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 that, that language uh, on that day got pretty rough. So I'm hoping they don't play anymore. I can't remember everything that happened because I started listening to some of the podcasts. so it's all merged in my head here. So let's proceed here. I want you to at least hear some of the trailer because I want you to go listen to this because that, the whole point is he's trying to investigate how did millions of people buy into this? To me, that's the whole issue. If Christians are buying into something that denies reality and truth, they're literally, de- they're basically acting like a practical atheist because God is the source of truth. And we should be the ones who deny and put forth, put away lying. We speak the truth because we reject Satan, who is the father of lies. All right, All right. Here we go. Um, I'll I'll, I'll tell you in just a minute. Someone just asked me what's the name. It's called uh, uh, The Coming Storm. The Coming Storm. I'll post it in the Discord channel uh, so that everyone can see it here in just a minute. All right, here we go.
1: It's been a wild ride. From the conspiracy-soaked bar rooms of Arkansas in the 1990s. It was a place where anything could be said to have happened. To the Byzantine chat rooms of the early Internet. There was
0: this entire dimension out there
1: and dark websites where kids in basements sat around cooking up a powerful and toxic meme brew out of the detritus of American culture. If I had never been in the picture, I don't know that everything that would have happened afterwards would have happened. I started by trying to understand this vast and sprawling conspiracy theory known as QAnon.
0: It was a puzzle. It was a series of questions, and if you were able to find the answer to them, it kind of compiled a story.
1: But my quest... Turned into something else. I punched tweet and I laid my phone down. Listen, Gabriel, I had no idea the power of Twitter. I didn't know really what I was doing. I just had to answer. Something bigger. I went into a bar nearby where I was. Where were you? I was in Moscow. Wow. Yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting twist I hadn't expected. In the shadow of the Kremlin... A dark secret began to unravel. I mean, how do you get near enough to see somebody urinating on a bed? What was I looking for, really? This is not conspiracy theory. I began to suspect there was a plot. He or she who drives the narrative drives the outcome. Had I fallen down the rabbit hole myself?
0: We call that the wall of crazy.
1: (laughs) I feel like I'm almost there, you know.
0: You're getting there. It is just remarkable to me where we've ended. And uh, we haven't ended, have we?
1: It begins with a dead body in a park. Don't miss an episode. Just search for The Coming Storm on BBC Sounds
0: and subscribe. The Coming Storm. Now, I'm not not in any way saying everything about it's going to be perfect or going to be great. But I like hearing how someone tries to investigate and understand how in the world did millions of people buy into this? And we've come a long way. I've, I've stated it before. Going, I can go all the way back to the 1990s, security forces, off at Air Force Base. I'm in a whiskey post in the middle of nowhere on the flight line, watching a fence at two o'clock in the morning going, this is a great job. I'm just sitting in a little metal booth watching a fence for 12 hours. This is insanity. So I discovered late at night, oh, oh, I can bring a radio and listen to Coast to Coast AM. And they threw out every crazy conspiracy theory imaginable. It was insanity. It was the most crazy stuff you could ever hear. But I never thought anyone actually bought into it. I was like, this is good entertainment. Yeah, give me some more craziness. Give me, oh, this is good. And I would just laugh and think it was funny. And, but then I started realizing there were some people who are also security forces who were believing this, the stuff. And I was like, I'm like, nah, nah. Okay. Whatever. And I didn't think much about it. You move on, you move forward. Then the internet becomes more prominent. You get more and more crazy conspiracy theories. Okay. Whatever, whatever. Okay. But it's just the, the craziness of the internet. I didn't think people would start buying into it. And then you would realize you would start talking to people in the church who were buying into crazy ideas. You're What's that? And I, I'll, I'll never forget, even early on before it was called podcasting, I would turn on the microphone and say, hey, a lot of you are spreading this information. It's not true. And then I would realize I would get utterly attacked if I even tried. And it's from Christians because they bought into these narratives. And then it just became worse and worse and worse. And now whether it's Q, look, even if we, even if QAnon is, it goes, it's going to be another conspiracy theory and it's going to be another 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 and christians we have to fight against this and stop it you're attacking reality attacking reality is an attack upon god an attack upon god is the destruction of biblical christianity you're sinning you're bearing false witness you're violating everything we learned there in second timothy You're you're spending your time with with just vain babblings and words of no value, words that do not profit. Study to show yourself approved. Study scripture. You be the, the source of truth. You be salt and light in a world that desperately needs salt and light. You should be the one that everyone can count on. Everyone can go to you. Everyone can say, look, I don't know what to believe about this. Well, let's work on it. Let's try to figure out what sources are, what's primary source? What's the second, secondary source? Have we read the actual primary source? Where did you get this information? Okay, have you considered that information a lot of what everyone is saying? Well, how come no one else agrees with the information you found? Why is that? Like asking just basic questions, logical questions. The, thing, the information you're giving me is guilty of you know, four logical fallacies. Don't you see it? I've, I've I've received emails from people, and, and the few times that I've covered QAnon, uh, that they found my messages online, and and they talk about their struggle, how deep they got in, and now them pulling them, they're, they're f- finally walking out of that darkness. And I'm always grateful if there's anything I can do to help them. But when you hear their stories about how deep they got into it, it's just, and they're filled with fear and anxiety and paranoia. and, And it's like, it's almost like like they've, like it, the conspiracy, the false way of thinking becomes their God. Or they merge it with Christianity and, and then they ultimately write Christianity out of existence. Because you can't merge something with Christianity and Christianity is maintained. You can't merge politics with Christianity because Christianity will be the thing that will be destroyed. The politic will still remain. Christianity will be destroyed because Christianity cannot be, other things can't be brought into Christianity because it will corrupt it. This is very important. I'm very passionate about this. I know a lot of people would prefer I never talk about these things, but we have to because it's a battle for biblical Christianity. It's a battle for truth. It's a battle for reality. And if we don't care about that, then let's just close down the churches, go close down the Christian podcast and go home. There you go. You can email me your disagreements to newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. All right, I'll stop right there. Everyone have a great day. God bless.